This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of TKA heterotopic ossification from the recon section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. TKA heterotopic ossification is a complication of total knee arthroplasty with bone formation in the soft tissues that develops after surgery with or without a precipitating event. Diagnosis can be made with plain radiographs of the knee. Treatment is observation in the majority of cases as heterotopic ossification rarely impacts clinical outcome. Surgical excision is indicated in the presence of quadriceps muscle snapping, patellofemoral tracking difficulties, or patellofemoral instability. Now, let's get into the episode. Starting with epidemiology, as far as incidence of TKA heterotopic ossification, rates range from 1% to 42%, but less than 1% have any impact on clinical outcome. TKA heterotopic ossification is much less frequent than after total hip arthroplasty. Risk factors include hypertrophic arthrosis, male gender, obesity, periosteal injury slash stripping off the anterior femur, post-op knee effusion or hematoma, and post-op force manipulation for restricted motion. Moving on to etiology, the pathophysiology of TKA heterotopic ossification is related to any bone formation in the soft tissues other than the periosteum that develops after surgery with or without a precipitating event. This is distinct from myositis ossificans, which develops after traumatic muscle injury and inflammation. As far as the classification of TKA heterotopic ossification, the one to know is the Furia and Pellegrini classification system, which is divided into two types, type 1 and type 2. Both are subdivided into subtypes A and B. Type 1A corresponds to an island of bone localized to the suprapatellar soft tissues and is less than or equal to 5 centimeters. Type 1B corresponds to an island of bone localized to the suprapatellar soft tissues, however, is greater than 5 centimeters. Type 2A corresponds to bone organized into areas of ossification contiguous with the anterior distal femur and is less than or equal to 5 centimeters. Type 2B corresponds to bone organized into areas of ossification contiguous with the anterior distal femur, however, is greater than 5 centimeters. As far as the presentation of TKA heterotopic ossification, symptoms are rare but can include loss of motion, pain, quadriceps muscle snapping, and patellofemoral instability. Moving on to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP and a lateral of the knee. Findings include ossification along the anterior distal aspect of the femur and within the quadriceps mechanism. This is typically visible three to four weeks postoperatively and matures within one to two years. Now let's talk about prevention. So in high-risk patients, generally those undergoing total hip arthroplasty and not total knee arthroplasty can undergo external beam radiation therapy and pharmaceutical prophylaxis with NSAIDs. However, there is no literature regarding these therapies in total knee arthroplasty patients. Finally, in terms of treatment of TKA heterotopic ossification, this can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative options include observation, which is indicated in the majority of cases as heterotopic ossification rarely impacts clinical outcome. However, operative options include surgical excision, which is indicated in the setting of quadriceps muscle snapping, patellofemoral tracking difficulties, and patellofemoral instability. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's do two flashcards to test your recall. First flashcard, what are six risk factors for TKA heterotopic ossification? So the six risk factors for TKA heterotopic ossification include hypertrophic arthrosis, male gender, obesity, periosteal injury stripping off the anterior femur, post-op knee effusion or hematoma, 
and post-op force manipulation for restricted motion. And the second flashcard, what is the most common location of TKA heterotopic ossification? The most common location of TKA heterotopic ossification is along the anterior distal aspect of the femur and within the quadriceps mechanism. Now let's go over one quick question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. A 55-year-old patient is scheduled for total knee arthroplasty. A radiograph reveals severe osteoarthritis in the lateral compartment and is associated with a valgus knee deformity. Each of the following are risk factors for heterotopic ossification except and the choices are 1. Incorrect sizing of the femoral and or tibial components, 2. Male gender, 3. Obesity, 4. History of trauma, and 5. Presence of preoperative osteophytes, otherwise known as hypertrophic arthrosis. The correct answer to this question is 1. Incorrect sizing of femoral and or tibial components. So heterotopic bone ossification following total knee arthroplasty has not been associated with valgus knee deformity. Heterotopic ossification formation can be problematic both after a total hip arthroplasty and total knee arthroplasty, but unlike the hip, it rarely becomes a clinical problem. The overall incidence of heterotopic ossification after total knee arthroplasty varies greatly among published studies, ranging from 15 to 50%. In the study by Deluri et al., they noted a 15% heterotopic ossification incidence. Among those with heterotopic ossification, 95% had osteoarthritis and 5% had a history of inflammatory arthritis. In their study, obese and male patients also had a higher incidence of developing postoperative heterotopic ossification. Toyota et al. in their study showed a significantly higher rate of heterotopic ossification in patients with osteoarthritis and preoperative osteophyte formation, otherwise known as hypertrophic arthrosis. Overall, the significant risk factors include hypertrophic arthrosis, often seen with trauma, male gender, and obesity. That's all for this review about TKA heterotopic ossification. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.